Welcome to the Enlighten Up Podcast, where I am going to take you into a deep exploration of what it means to exist in this current reality. We are going to raise your vibes, open your mind, expand your heart, and dive deep into the wondrous mysteries and possibilities of this lifetime. There's been a spiritual catalyst that has set in motion the awakening process of many across the globe to return to the knowingness of self and unite what has been separated. Together, we're going to bring light into that darkness. We're going to remember the joy of living. But most of all, we're going to turn up the volume of our own eternal power and do the thing we're here to do. Welcome back to the Enlighten Up podcast. I hope you're doing well tonight. I am excited to bring you two brand new guests to the show, Kema and John. Super excited to have you guys here. For those of you who do not know, Kema England is an intuitive artist, healer, clairvoyant, channel, and teacher. She founded the Kamali Temple to facilitate healing sessions, spiritual readings, and growth and empowerment classes for clients all over the world. And John Crake is the author of two novels, an educator, and a digital artist who has been working with the higher dimensional realm since childhood. His creative yet grounded approach and true knack for making spiritual concepts and practices accessible to all makes him a trusted guide and teacher. And together they have co-created the Light Code Luminary Oracle a 50 card deck and 128 page guidebook that contains light language codes, powerful energy activations and channeled spiritual messages and guidance. And you guys, if you saw my all signs reading earlier or sorry, last week, then you would have seen me using their uh, light language deck, which is stunning, by the way, guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nicole. It's so great to be here. Uh, it's, I'm, I'm super excited to have you guys on. I mean, it's so it's so interesting how this all came about because there was a little bit of a synchronicity even in how we kind of connected. Um, Kema, you kind of were, I guess you were following your, your from your Luminary Light Code um, Instagram page, you, you followed me and I remember seeing that I got the, like, you know, you on my followers and I thought, oh, what's that? And I was like, oh, I'll go look at that in a second. And then I forgot. And then I went back and I was like, I kept getting this message, go look at her page, go look at the page. And so when I finally looked at it, I was like, huh, this is really beautiful. I need to connect. And so I reached out to you. Yeah. If anyone was going to feel the energy, it was you. (laughs) (laughs) And it just so happens you guys were like talking about me that morning. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That was such a beautiful, you know, sign and synchronicity, especially after putting in so much energy over the past year just in the creation and we were kind of at that moment of like everything is in and we were just awaiting their arrival and then it was just this really just beautiful confirmation if we if we needed it just to have that that synchronicity there you know very like comforting and and reassuring yeah yeah i followed your podcast for over a year now and when we were getting closer to uh, our launch, I kept saying to Cam, I would love 
let's put it out. I would love to be on the Enlightenment podcast with Nicole. Like, would that not be awesome? And the week before, I had been like looking at some avenues to reaching out to you, and I did not realize that she had liked your your page and stuff. And she literally like an exclamation when she's like, oh, my God, you're not going to believe this. And she said, not only did Nicole like reach out to us, she's asked us to be on the show, which was like a huge gift from the universe of validation. Uh, and so we took that as a good sign. Yeah, because I think we were just like, let's just send let's see if Nicole will give us her address so we can send her a deck. And that was the, that was literally that morning, which was so, yeah, of course. <laughs> I love it. We were we were in sync before we even met. <laughs> which is like just awesome. I love how that works. So I'm really excited for the audience to get to know you too, because you both have incredible insights and wisdoms to share. And we'll get into the deck as well. And later on in the show, for all of you joining, Kema is going to take us through a beautiful light language transmission. So make sure you stick around to the end. But John, let's start with you. Um, sure. You know, what was your awakening like? Because I mean, I'm just going to throw it out there. You didn't start speaking light language from the womb, did you? No, well, no, not this womb. Um, so I, I would say I've, I have uh, I have had very lucid dreams my entire life, even as a child, and had a sense of, uh, and the other thing is I saw auras from very early on too, around people or trees or anything that was kind of living. And it was interesting because it was clear as day to me that that, existed, um, but there wasn't a lot of reference points to put that in context in any way. And I would say, um, you know, I was all, all, always into, you know, philosophy and some different things like that, but it's probably my early 20s when I first started to have some experiences that started to break the shell open a little bit. And so I was reading things like Many Lives and Many Masters with Brian Weiss and being like, holy cow. <laughs> and then you know, talking about past lives and how resonant that was and um, getting very much starting to get into meditation at that point. I met a lot of people who did energy work, Reiki, polarity therapy, a lot of stuff with the crystal work. Um, and I started to have some pretty interesting dreams. I, I've had dreams of contact for a long time. I've had dreams of, you know, being on ships. I've had dreams of talking to different people. Um, if you're familiar with the Monroe Institute, but it does a lot of work without a body. And I did a lot of Monroe Institute things. And for a period of time when I was meditating a lot and learning about the ascended masters and ascension and, and the initiation process and all these different things, um, I spent a lot of time working on astral travel, going out of body. And for a period of time, I got very good at it. Um, and during that experience, I would ask to go and like, I want to meet my master guides and I would end up you know, that, I remember when I did that once I ended up at this long table, it was a dark room and there was like this feline being who told me his name and I didn't put it together until last year where I was like, oh, it's, it was a Laren. And so there was kind of hints there along the way. Um, but I also spent a lot of time in, you know, corporate, the real world. I worked as a lobbyist in DC. Um, you know, I worked for Lockheed Martin for a period of time. I've worked in education and charter school organizations and um, have kind of gone back and forth with that a bit. Um, I lived in Hawaii for about five years, was really involved with the dolphin and whale community, the ET community there. Like I met, you know, Daryl Anka in 1996, for, just to give you an example, and Michael Sala, who you know, was like a neighbor of friends of mine. So I've kind of always been around it. Um, 
And the books that I've written, one's about reincarnation, the other is about uh, basically this process of light and dark that we could say is happening and disclosure that's happening on the planet right now. So it's been a long time, um, but it's definitely kind of come back around and really anchored in a very different way in the last few years for me. Now, before you met Kama, because how long have you guys known each other now? Just three, over three years. years. Yeah. Okay. So you kind of met her before you met yeah. her. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of my friends do energy work or clairvoyance as, you know, everyone's are, right? That's kind of normal. And they had been telling me for, they, I had received the message like two and a half years out, basically saying your life partner's around the corner. You can keep pushing this out. You've got to kind of finish the karma or just decide you're done with that, you know, stuff. And, uh, but described her age, describe what she did, describe what she looked like, her energy. So I was getting all that and I wasn't in the place where I really wanted to hear that at that point. I know that might sound kind of weird, but, um, and I also started to have very, I have very lucid dreams where I would run into her, or we would be in different settings. So one time it would be like an ashram where there's a massive sound healings come in and she's there and there's this massive guide who's kind of there. There's other times that were like halls of Amenti that I was in this giant library with her. And, and this went on um, for two and a half years till finally, uh, I had a dream where I was leaving Phoenix to move to California. And I had a dream which, you know, had an Elohim and Archangel Michael and all this stuff. And it started with a plane crash and the plane crashes. And I come out of the plane crash, which was kind of what was going on in my life at that point. And these two guides are staying to me. And I said, why is this happening? And they said, we had to do this because we're going to introduce your life partner and we needed you to be, it's time. Like, so we are, we basically shut everything down and this is what's going to happen. And then introduced me to her in the dream state. So yeah, it was pretty extraordinary. And when we met, uh, it was kind of an instant understanding and knowing as well. So, um, and I told that story before I left to a group of people. I was in a meditation energy healing group and I told that dream and that story before I, I left. And so everyone's like, oh my God, it actually, <laughs> it actually happened. So, okay. Well, first of all, I'm glad that you were driving to California, right? You were, did you, you packed up your car? Yeah, no, no, no. You got to, yeah. Okay. And so, um, but I love how you were kind of shown and it's interesting that it, clearly you guys had a mission before, you know, lined out before you two even incarnated here. It, you know, sometimes our partnerships can be more of a free will choice and it may line up, it may not line up, but it sounds to me like you really didn't have a choice. This was lining up one way or the other. Oh yeah, absolutely. And once we started talking, it was like the conversations were just next level. And it was amazing because I had these questions that I'd been cycling about at that time it was Serapis Bay and I was like in deep with understanding his energy and I didn't have anyone that around me that I could talk to about this and there was a few different things like that that were really coming up and present I'm like why am I getting these intuitions around 
oh geez, it was like the Persian empire, like all kinds of like all these things that were coming into my consciousness. And I'm like, what is, what is this? And then John comes along. And so I just start listing off all these things that I had been, that had been coming through for me. And he like was able to finish the, like be able to give me the answers that I was looking for that I didn't even know I was looking for. So it was like this whole depth of, of kind of like conversation, but synchronicity and him being able to like fill in these blanks that it was truly, yeah, it was, it was truly something special. Wow. So how did you guys meet? Like what, what were the parameters? Um, I actually went to a uh, full moon sound bath that Kama was putting on and uh, or hosting and doing. And that's how I met. I went to, I went to that and we kind of became friends after that. And and did she did she have her picture up on a flyer or something? Did you I, I know? Did not, her? I, I didn't, no, not at all. Not at all. I, I had no idea what she would look like. Yeah, I like. think it was a meetup. It was right. Or is yeah. that how you found it? Yep. Oh, cool! I love it. Oh, I love sound baths. They're just yeah. absolutely amazing. Um, so okay, so then, Kema, how about you? I mean, were, have you always been awakened? Did you have a kind of a, a a start kind of like awakening process, or was it gentle? Yeah. So I would say, I mean, when I was younger, like upon reflection, it was like, I was, I could, it was like, I liked to call myself like a, it was like a spiritual psychologist. I didn't know what it was that I, that was occurring for me at this time in a very young age, but all, but what I did know is that I could feel people's feelings. I knew what people were feeling like underneath the words that they were expressing or not expressing. I could just, I, I could read someone's energy like start to finish. And like many, you know, you get to a certain point when you realize that's not everyone's experience. And it was for me, you know, as a, as a child, that was like, it was a lot to, to feel like you weren't understood, to feel like no one could see what you were seeing. I used to find myself saying all the time to my parents, like, you don't see that. And that was in reference to so many things, you know, someone like I could see motives, I could see underlying intentions so, so, so much. So, but eventually that I like purposefully kind of shut that down and, you know, in an attempt to fit in, live a normal life, that kind of thing. And, you know, flash forward to my early twenties, it was the intuition, even at that time with kind of this active shutting down, there was a very strong intuition that, that my life was going to change and that I was going to take that route of, of healing work. And because I knew I was, I got to this certain point when I was um, living in, in Brooklyn, New York, that it was just so clear to me that, and this is at like age 22. And I was, it was very clear that I was meant to, was like to stop living someone else's life, stop living someone else's path mm-hmm. and dream and, and begin to live your own. And in that, at that age of 22, I was like, okay, well, what's, what's the one thing that would, you know, take me like be that first step on the path. And I flashed to Reiki because as a child, my mom was also a Reiki practitioner. I would receive Reiki, the energy of it never left. And so that was really my, my reference point. And then the moment that I signed up for my first Reiki training, like minutes after my hours got cut at the job that I had, it was just this beautiful divine synchronicity. And I was like, okay, there's no turning back. And it just kind of came through me what the steps were going to be. They certainly weren't easy because I had a a lot to unpack to be able to 
you know, authentically align with, with this path that I knew I was being called forth into. And really from there, it, it was no looking back. And for the past 13-ish years, I've been working for myself as an energetic practitioner. And, and that led me out eventually to California, where I at first had a brick and mortar uh, business, energy healing, crystals, um, you know, holding events and classes and things like that. And, and then with COVID, I, I gravitated into the online space. which has been really beautiful because it's a way to, you know, connect with, with more beings around the world. And especially with the light language, I feel like it's turning on the sensitivities are turning on and to be able to have a reference point around the globe so that you don't feel alone and you feel like you have a safe place to connect and communicate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So the light language is, is key here guys, because both, Kaman John speak light language and draw sign all of that. <laughs> uh, so before we get into how your light language turned on John, because that was a very interesting experience, and um, we'll segue into a very cool topic. Uh, the light language definitely seems to be activating at mock speeds across the globe for many. Uh, like five years ago, even, I feel like this was almost a barely known thing. And now people are activating left, right, and center. Um, as you, you, my audience is aware, I've just recently, um, had my light language activated and I'm not comfortable yet going public with it because it's a very high pitched kind of very mermaid sounding kind of, uh, very fast, um, sound. My alchemy, my alchemy, uh, students have listened. I, I, I played it for them. Um, last, last time we had our live call. So they got to hear it, which was really cool. But, um, you know, what has been, what do you, what do you think the reason for that is? Like, why do you think it's coming in? Like so many people are getting that activated. Um, I think it's a few things. Um, one is, I think that, uh, <clears throat> you know, the planets, the planets evolving and we are in higher energies than we were before. If you want to look at, you know, the photon belt or however you want to call it, we are definitely having access to a lot more high frequency, um, than we ever have, or at least we have for 24,000 years, however you want to look at that. So there is a huge influx of light coming into the planet. And as that's happening, um, it's activating a lot of people. And, um, you know, just being on the planet, you are going to be exposed to some of these frequencies. And, you know, what you choose to do it, do with it is really your choice. But um, it's just time. It's, it's time for that cycle. And a lot of people are waking up in a lot of ways. You know, they're waking up to... Um, that they live more than one life. They were waking up to that they're multidimensional. They're waking up to uh, a lot of the things potentially that they've learned and been told are not really true or not the way that things have worked out or really are the way things that really work. So um, our vibrations are coming to a point where that's becoming more conscious. It's not that it didn't exist before. It's that our ability to sense and perceive it is skyrocketing right now. 
Um, and if you think as well, kind of what I'm getting when I think I described this, um, the te- one of the people who helped teach us said when she reached it, we tuned into her guides, they said, this was a couple of years ago, that there were only a certain amount of people and it was a small amount of people who actually were channeling light language at that time and that it was still a choice and that number was fluctuating. So they literally said to her, it's between this number and this number. And she's like, why? And she said, because some of them are kind of on the fence about it. Um, but if you think about uh, the, you know, the consciousness grid, the collective consciousness, bringing that in and inserting that into the collective consciousness, putting it through the grid, makes it a lot more accessible to everyone else who's connected to that. So these people who are kind of way showers are the ones who are kind of planting these templates, for lack of a better word, in, and, and we're just all waking up quickly. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I feel, you know, it's like our, our soul is inherently fluent in light language. So regardless of the evolution or consciousness of our human self, this is something that our higher self is already fully equipped and activated in. But I do feel, as John said, as the, the frequency is clearly raising and, you know, and paired with that, you know, the message that I got when it was coming through me, because like you, there there is a there is an apprehension in the beginning because it, it can bring up a lot of vulnerability. For me, it was very emotional. And how was how did I feel about sharing that, you know, through the, the portal of social media? Um, never mind in healing sessions. And so with the the message that I got, just like everything else, is like it's not, it's not about you. <laughs> you know, it's it, you showing up is actually giving the permission to someone else to feel comfortable, just as speaking your truth in, you know, in your human language. It's like when you see someone else and you're surrounded and uplifted by someone else supporting you, speaking your truth, it's really an aspect of that. So I do feel that, yeah, we're, as we are lifting our vibration, we're just becoming more aware of of what already is. And, And these streams are active and around us all the time. They are, yeah. It is, it's, it's definitely becoming more common. And I think that, well, the more people are speaking it, the more people are going to understand that that's actually available to us and may open people's hearts because I think that's what needs to be open the most is someone's heart because judgment really closes it down, which is totally normal. Um, But yeah, opening the hearts are the more of our hearts that are opening, the more that this can come through. So John, well, can, How I, can, did I your... a, can I actually say something about that? Yeah, yeah, I think absolutely. One of the really, and especially for me, it's one of the things that was transformative for me in this process is light language essentially, I mean, it works through your higher self. Your higher self is fluent in this and is translating. And if you think of light language, generally people talk about what it is, but we call it the language of the soul, the multidimensional language of, you know, uh, however that works, but that it does work on many different levels and it's layered or layered light and sound in these transmissions. And your higher self literally is reaching into this stream of light language and pulling down, choosing what is perfect for you right now. So you and I could hear the same light language transmission and get vastly different things. It also works out of time. It's like putting these, it's putting these seeds or activations and codes into your light body and they will turn on through the wisdom of your higher self or through choice or free will, however that's working. But, you know, the, you know, Kirk or Kierkegaard called the brain the dog's breakfast. It bypasses the brain. It works directly through your heart center, through your higher self and your soul. So you're you're bypassing the logical part of it. And that's a leap. I mean, that, at least for someone like me, it's like, 
okay, I don't really understand this, but the feeling of it, and I'm clairsentient, mostly that's by feel, that's kind of my main receiving, was so undeniable. And the energy is, it was so powerful and beautiful that I literally thought I can't, I, I could not deny that this was occurring. I didn't necessarily have a name for it at first, but it was as real as real. I, I mean, it just, there was no doubt in my mind that this was a thing and it was incredible. Okay, this is perfect because you just talked about the, the multidimensional aspects of ourselves and how we're able to access certain parts of that through like the light language is helping us to pull some of that in to this present dimension. Uh, so tell us how your light language turned on for you and how you feel that mechanism is working with our technology, like our DNA, I should say. Our DNA yeah, technology. absolutely. So um, and again, I'll say right from the beginning, everyone has their own experience and belief system about this. And I don't know that you have to have the same belief system as me to, to, to benefit from light language, but, you know, my understanding of it, um, what was the first question, how it came in for me? Yeah. Just kind of share with us first. Yeah, so how, I've what read you're, about yeah. light language for years. I mean, some, you know, to Sherry Takaren or some people in the past and more Kuan Yin had written about light language. I did this myth, mythology called the uh, Melchizedek method 20 years ago as well. And they talked about light language and light codes. Um, so I was familiar with it, but didn't have really an, an experience with it. And essentially, you know, Kim might be able to tell the story a little bit better, but she had asked, and I don't remember what time of year it was, but hey, Ed, what do you know about light language? I'm curious about light language and what's going on at the time. I said, you know, I've heard about it, but I don't know a whole lot about it. And then the next day we were watching uh, uh, the show interview with Extra Dimensionals on Gaia with Ruben and uh, Jamie Price was the guest who is, you know, for us, the queen of light language and had this whole thing on one channeling um, Ariane, her the Lyrian Council of Time that she channels and also talking about the light language. So we were like, oh, universe, what does this mean? Well, thank you very much for the answer. I appreciate that. That came in within 24 hours. <laughs> And then um, one of the things I've um, been very familiar with shamanic practices throughout my life and, and studied a lot about that, but had not done, done a few sweat lodges here and there, but not a lot in ceremony and um, had really not experienced plant medicine at all. And actually, quite frankly, had some beliefs and stigmas around it in my, in my brain. Um, but that was something that we started to explore. That Kim, Kim was familiar with, I wasn't, that we started to explore um, in ceremony in a very, in a very sacred way. And that, um, that really opened up a whole floodgate. So literally when we were journeying, uh, after that opening, the light language started to come in through me. And when we were in that state, the other beautiful thing we can talk about this is it's very validating because Kim and I perceive the same things that are happening. So we're not making up what we're, what we're perceiving. And she could, well, you can talk about it, but literally see the, the light, the light language and how it was, how it was channeling. Yeah. And, and I think that what's really, you know, beautiful is it was able to observe upon reflection is that when we decided to, you know, begin using plant medicine ceremoniously in that way, it was probably like a good year of us really, if we look back, rinsing our energetic body, the, the nature of the experiences were building on each other. And 
we would have never anticipated that it would have resulted in in light language because it was very much a like it was very much like a whole year of healing and clearing not knowing that we were actually in a sense preparing i i believe and from what my guidance has ex expressed that it was that was for a reason and so to have the the question be posed within 24 hours the answer coming through jamie and then maybe less than a few weeks later uh we were we were in a plant medicine ceremony and it starts you know probably about a couple hours in starts pouring through john and it was clear as me to like it was so clear it was the most beautiful thing i'd ever seen in my life and John's like, I think this is light language. And I'm like, yeah, of course it is, you know, because that he's up in the middle of the, like totally not moving how he normally moves. He's in the middle of the living room, like just dancing with this orchestra of light pouring through his fingertips. And I, and it was just like, I could hear the sound of angels. It was the most amazing, amazing, incredible experience. And, and then within, I think, you know, maybe it was two months in our next, uh, plant medicine ceremony then it started coming through me and that every single time basically that we've journeyed since then um it comes through every single time and the and again the um experiences are building one on top of the other and more and more has opened in terms of our like who we're communicating with um, because the light language is not just coming through necessarily as like the download healing, but it's also served as this portal of communication with higher dimensional beings existing throughout all time and space. And uh, it's been really a, a phenomenal, phenomenal journey to to kind of observe it all um, from wow. you know this point in time. Yeah, yeah that's... I, I think one of the really amazing things, Nicole, and we talked about this when we touched base before. Um, what I find extraordinary validating about light language is it comes through, it's, it's filtered through your higher self. So this is something that you're having a direct experience of. It's not, you know, you're looking out to have a, a the, you, you know, to your surroundings reflect something back to you for validation or a sign or whatever. You are running these energies. You personally are in touch with these energies and you are in touch with it on many different levels at the same time. So for me, I, again, it came back to, I have had this experience. I continue to have this experience. For me, it is very real. And it's not like I read about it. It's not, it, it is an experiential thing that I, that, that occurs. And I think um, that's a lesson we're all facing and being asked to do as well right now, that regardless of what you're seeing externally, regardless of what the narratives are, and regardless of what you've been told, and they're very confusing. Um, I find this to be incredibly validating because I don't have to go to an outside source to channel light language, or we never really have to go to an outside source in any way, but um, I know what it is for me because I've had that experience. And I just think it's uh, everyone's being asked in a lot of ways to try to develop that relationship with themselves to have those kinds of experiences, whether it's connecting to their own truth, their own higher self, um, their ability to discern what's going on in their lives. And, um, so I just think it's just, it's been a gift on so, on so many levels. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And so the plant medicine that you were using, which one was that? Yeah. So psilocybin. Okay. And, um, that was a really fascinating experience as well, because I'm also, we're very connected to the healing community, not only alternative, which you would call as, you know, the energy spiritual healer, but some mainstream folks as well. And 
there are pockets, um, I say around the country where, um, you know, a lot of studies have been, been, are being conducted right now on the benefits of psilocybin to treat PTSD, depression, long-term things. And, um, so we had a lot of resources in terms of how people were, were using this, this substance. Um, and again, went into it and always go into it in a very, I treat it very sacredly because I, that's how I feel like it's not something I would go to a party with, or like, I just, I, that's just not how we use it at all. So, um, yeah, so that's primarily been, that's primarily, prim, it's primarily, primarily, excuse me, been, been, uh, through mushrooms. Okay. Okay. Now, when we chatted uh, earlier, you were talking about how you believe that psilocybin is almost like a multidimensional technology that we're yeah, using sure. as a plant. Can you explain that further for the audience? Yeah. I mean, if anyone watched the movie Fabulous Fungi to hear that perspective of it, these substances have been around civilization and every civilization on the planet that these substances have, have been around. And whether it's ayahuasca, I mean, the story behind how, you know, the Necros and stuff use ayahuasca or how people have used um, the plant medicine. So the message that I got or I get when I'm when I have this in you know, my system is it literally is like a contact. It can be used as a contact technology. It is almost like a first contact step technology and it is like multidimensional technology. Um, is really how I feel it and how it's been described. And it really, I believe, is for awakening and healing and all those things, but it's also um, a tool for us to use. Now, will we always need it? I don't think so, because um, we're building the networks or whatnot. But if, even if you looked at a brain scan when someone's on psilocybin, it connects areas, well, it basically turns off the reptilian brain, the fight or flight method goes quiet for a while, and it starts making connections energetically um, in the brain and connecting areas of your brain that don't usually talk to each other. So it's creating these entire new networks, um, which is one of the reasons why uh, it, I believe it is effective for things very quickly for things like depression or PTSD or things that have been long-term, um, you know, things that are using those channels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been, yeah, there's I've really been... no doubt in my mind. And quite frankly, talking to other people in this community, especially the contact community, a lot of, I'm not, the, I'm advocating this, this is right for our journey, but mm -hmm. I've said that it's been one of our main teachers. It was one of the things that the first time I experienced aliens, the first time that I had ET contact was, you know, in its plant ceremony. I will also say that when we were taking the light language class, there was someone who did ayahuasca ceremonies yearly and said the last year she did this ayahuasca, light language came through 70% of the people when it didn't in the previous years. So it's, oh, wow. consciousness expansion is all, is all happening. And yeah. I think it's also teaching us, it's not doing anything that we don't already have in our system. Like sure. think about how little of this substance goes in and what it does. We're wired for it. Like it's, it's like putting a coin in the slot and the machine starts going. We're mm -hmm. already wired for that. And um, we're already wired multidimensionally and it turns things, turns things on. It does. And I, and I believe I, I might be wrong, so don't quote me on it, but is it going to be regulated or I don't know if it's going to be regulated, but available more readily available in 2023? Both, yeah. So um, there's, so I mean, there's, there's a number of, uh, I think there's two cities, Portland might be one. And I think Sacramento is another where it's, it's legal 
Okay. Um, some uh, colleges and clinics have trials with it, what they're using. And there's also about $300 million that went into a company, which I think is a multinational company, um, which is trying to make synthetic psilocybin, which I'm not saying is a great thing, but yeah. a lot of money going into that and research as well. So, you know, always trying to take thing, mother nature and try yeah, to, and we say that every time we're like, how is there, how is, how is this not accepted where mm-hmm. alcohol and nicotine and, and, you know, Vicodin and all this other stuff. And we know the answer to it. I mean, there's yeah. interests that are pushing that. Mm-hmm. And also there's a lot of, there's a big force that don't want people to wake up and be empowered. And you, when you're in that vibration, uh, you're pretty clear. <laughs> you're seeing things very clearly. You know, I was at an event a couple weekends ago and I met a woman whose husband is working with ketamine to help those who suffer from PTSD to recover. And from what I understand, it's a, it's a I guess it's a bit gentler than psilocybin. And uh, it basically softens the, well, like you said, it turns off the reptilian. So it turns off your fight or flight mode and you bet get to recall your memories of like if you've gone through like whatever PTSD trauma that you've experienced um and you can recall the memories but you recall them in a well with from what i understand ketamine it's a neutral state uh with psilocybin you can actually get that heightened or maybe it's not psilocybin it's um MMDA there I, I think they're also using that as well so at least with ketamine i know you can you can experience the whole trauma now with a neutral emotion which completely override it's almost like you're overwriting the program with those emotions so that you no longer have that trauma response to the memories which is really cool but that's i could talk about we could have a whole show on this but when you look at what happens to somebody physiologically when they have trauma um you know there are certain pathways in our brain in the fight or flight which you know throughout our evolution, if a tiger was coming at you, it's really good for you to get, you know, these, these chemicals course through you. Um, but when you think about what actually happens when, you know, stuff comes in through the amygdala and the amygdala basically says, does this matter? Does this not matter? Is this going to kill me or is this not going to kill me? And if it's going to kill me or could kill me, it's going to put me into fight or flight, which literally shuts off your long-term memory. Your, you know, your eyesight does this, your, you know, it's, it it basically you can't access long-term memory you're in complete reactionary mode and what happens with these channels um is they get stuck open if it's a severe enough uh, trauma and anything that's even remotely close to this it's going to trigger that pathway so it could be a sound it could be a smell it could be any of those things um and what i think some of these substances do is it calms that pathway long enough for you to maybe depotentiate de- 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 that neuron or or pathway or to create new to create new pathways to create new pathways absolutely i think it's i think frankly, it's really wild that's what we're doing when we meditate that's what we're it, doing exactly. with evolution as well as is well, we're trying to facilitate our higher mind and not be in this fight or flight stuff where we're very easily manipulated we're very easily controlled yeah. The cool thing is, is that they've actually, they were, we may, we may get together to talk because they're interested in finding someone to help them create guided meditations for these people. So while they're in there and to come, 
kind of like, you know, create this whole new experience for them as they're having these memories come up. And, um, I do guided meditations. I love creating them. So it'd be kind of cool to, to dive into that. It's just something that I never anticipated, um, doing, but, uh, it's, it's a whole new avenue opening up. Now, when it comes to DNA structures, our DNA, let's talk about how our DNA is active, not just in this physical body that we understand our DNA on a cellular level, but also in the higher multidimensional levels. I mean, Kama, do you want to kind of go into like, how do we manage our own DNA in those higher levels? Yeah. And I, and we, well, from my experience, and again, like John, we can only speak from our personal experience, never like to say that it's a, a complete truth for everyone, but you know, I got, I got the message really clearly about a year ago, you know, as I was, you know, making contact and having these experiences that I got this direct message that said, you are, you are meant to meet your higher dimensional selves. And I didn't meet all of them, but I had without any plant medicine, that was the guidance. And I had a a dear friend of mine who is um, really gifted at at like um, just like facilitating hypnosis and journeying. And so I experienced my higher dimension, some of my higher dimensional selves, and they actually brought me into their different dimensional realities. And I got to see some of them, some were more protected, things of that nature. But the um, the first like layer that I went through was even the this layer of time and space. And so remembering too that that here the way that our our genes are expressing in this lifetime um, are going to be different than the way that they are potentially expressing in these higher dimensional realms. And so they are going to be expressing in different ways. And I think that one of the beautiful things about light language as it's interfacing with our, DNA in this dimension is that it's allowing for these new energies or genetics to express that we have forgotten or aspects of ourselves, gifts, you know, dormant gifts that have been stored within our cellular memory are, are being activated. And so this is, this is quite incredible to say, wow, I'm having my, my more of my galactic DNA you know, activated and expressing in this moment. But I really do believe that with each of these, the light codes that are coming in, it's going to activate or then lead to the expression of those aspects of your DNA that are going to best serve you where you are at this point in this lifetime. And so I never like to say, and I think Mm. that this even brings us into more of our galactic heritage and you know, again, when we move into the higher dimensions, time and space is different. You know, what we would perceive to be the past or the future is actually all happening in the now. And so within that that galactic heritage that is stored within our DNA, even, you know, angelic aspects of our beingness stored within our DNA, just to say that they are expressing an active at one period of your life. Um, I, I don't like to necessarily identify as being one type of a, a star seed, let's say, because, and what I've received from my higher guidance is don't attach because there's so much more. There's so much more of the totality of your beingness that is just waiting to come online in that way that is most sustainable for you to be able to express into the the multitude of arenas that your your DNA can actually express and for you to experience in this lifetime. Oh, I love that. That was, that was like, 
you can feel the download of of that for sure. <laughs> um, so, yeah. and we received a lot of information when we were channeling the deck as well. So, um, not to not to jump into that, but a lot of this was validated, and, and as we channeled information about what what some of these concepts were in the light language deck, and talking about that, um, and our, our multidimensionality and. You know, the other thing that we talked about a lot, and we talked about this last week, is what's, you know, ancestral memory and what that's about, and epigenetics and how that's playing out. And epigenetics is basically saying you might have this DNA, but how the, which genes activate is very based on, you know, your epigenetics, what's happening, how you, you know, how you, what you grew up in, the environment you're around, and your emotions. Yeah. So um, if you think about us as multidimensional beings, um, and we have, you know, etheric DNA and all these different things, um, we really have access to an incredible potentiality. I also talked about this with you last week, talking about how phenomenal I was shown in the experience and some of these experiences, how phenomenal we are as beings. And whether you believe that we're from seven races that were put together or however you want to explain this, and the way it was explained to me is, our main DNA is from seven different races, but some of those were hybrids. coming in. Um, uh, like uh, some of those were hybrids. So there's actually like 12 or 13 that are mixed. And some of them are from, you know, maybe it was six dimensional Palladians who, you know, threw something in or, you know, eight dimensional Arcturians and, you know, or the Anunnaki or however that worked. But not only do we have access energetically to these different dimensions, but we actually have in our makeup dimensional DNA. We're, we're able to actually, we're already in those realms. We have like footholds in those realms. And the other thing that I saw, which is hard to articulate sometimes, but how phenomenal we are, is our ability to channel those frequencies, to experience those frequencies and those realities um, of through, from the totality of the quantum, from the totality of all experiences, what we're able to channel and emulate through our frequency and experience is unbelievable. Like a six dimensional concept lifetime frequency, we have the ability to, um, to access those frequencies. Not every species has that from what I understand at all. They may be able to kind of see into different, but they don't, they're not in it. We're like angelic galactic humans and that's what's coming online for us. And there's no frame of reference for a lot of this. There's no. just no like, you know, this is how you do it. And whether you believe that we're doing it in a different way than anyone's ever done it before throughout creation, um, or this is just part of the national ascension process, or this is just where we're at in this moment and in, in, in this focus point in reality, um, we are learning to, you know, not only realize that we have access to all of this, but what are we going to do with it? How well, do you play with those energies? How do you, like, what are you going to do? Because the other message, and I'll stop, I'll stop after this, but the message that really came through is thoughts are great. They're super, they're important, but frequency and your emotion are what run the show. Yeah, 100%. And, and your frequency is set by your emotional state. It's not about what you think. It's about where your frequency is. So think about that. Think about that. We are able to, we're like frequency matching, generating machines. So we can go up to fifth, you know, fifth density, channel that energy and hold that frequency in our body. It's not just a mental thing. We have, we have the matter, the energetics, the templates for that. And that is 
incredible mm-hmm. when you think about it. Yeah, no, and I, I know. think that's why nervous system relation is always is also so important because to be able to hold it, you know. And and when I did that journey of moving into the higher into my higher dimensional selves, the message was because I felt like okay, I know I'm meant to facilitate this, and the direct message that I got was it's your job to actually create the space for your clients and your students to actually embody their their higher dimensional selves in the now or learn how to channel that energy in the now in this vibration not necessarily to just catapult you know somewhere outside of this experience and then kind of come back into the body with a sense of either longing or disconnect it's you no know, actually teaching how to to merge and and that's available to us now yeah so okay a lot i want to comment on here and i don't know i'm gonna forget now um so i just think it's important because peter maxwell slattery talks about this on my podcast back in june about how we are very unique in how our dna is that we can actually project ourselves physically into other realities um other places and time that not other beings can do. This is a very unique trait to being human. And I don't think many of us fully understand the power that we actually hold within our DNA. And as you said, you know, like this, I think is one of the reasons even going down to an epigenetic level is that if we truly can start turning on and off certain gene expressions through our emotional state and by changing the environment around us, or for sure how we react to the environment around us by our perception, then we can, through our meditative practice, our breath work, um, our loving choices that we choose for how we want to experience anything by staying in a less polarized perspective, we can actually start to turn on by pulling in the the the, the codes um, from the higher dimensions, start turning them on in this one and start not you know, just experiencing what we're experiencing in, say, our third eye, but actually perhaps start physically experiencing it altogether. Yes, absolutely. And that's, you know, something that that we love about about Jamie as well as a, you know, as a, as a teacher and a practitioner is that she's very, very much um, in the forefront of how of, of teaching the and reiterating the importance of that merging. And and it is, it is available. And I think that the, the coolest thing is, you know, sometimes you experience light language and you, you know, we know that it bypasses the, the mind, the brain, and it moves right into the heart and into the body, into the cellular structure. And we can have some sort of a, an experience through our inner subtle senses. But the real incredible thing and that I've noticed after doing um, sessions and then, of course, working with light language regularly with myself is that, it's not only about the activation that's occurring at the time that the activation is occurring, the way that our human self can actually interface with the impact that that energy activation had is through being an observance of your life and what is coming up for you in the, in the following days or even weeks, because it is going to be directly associated to that, the energy that was activated within. And this gives you a little, like, what are the, what are those situations that are coming up? What are those experiences that are coming up? What are those, um, 
those thoughts that are like standing out like a sore thumb? What are those signs or synchronicities? All of that that's, that's showing up in your life is actually like a reflection back to you of what's been able to kind of reorganize or what wants to come to the forefront of your awareness so that you can move through it. Because often, especially with the clearing and the activation, while much can occur in the, the light language transmission itself, sometimes the, there can't be like this interference with the highest good of the individual who is receiving it. And the, the highest good would actually be that they interface with the maybe like through a lesson or through an experience or through a trigger so that the human self can 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 kind of co-create oh i love that and for all of you guys out there who are not you know sure how to you know activate more of your intuitive gifts and all of that just through like the gene expression and epigenetics alone it should be a reminder to all of you to act as if, act as if, and pull in the emotions. Like if you can kind of future trip just a little bit and imagine yourself having all of these in different kinds of intuitive gifts turned on and how it would make you feel and how that would feel in your heart, you know, and then take those frequencies, inject them into this current moment, this current now, and start playing with your own intuition. Even if you don't know if you're right or wrong, it doesn't matter. You've got to get past all of that. And you can start turning on the genes that actually hold those gifts for you. You can start doing that. I firmly believe that's what happened for me. I just, you know, I taught myself how to read tarot and literally within a month, of like playing with different decks. I was like, well, let me just start doing this on my YouTube and start doing it. And I was like, I, what am I doing? You know, like, and I just forced myself into it and it, and it kind of like catapults you into this, you know, it's not that I was faking anything, but I really had to push myself. I had to like really like believe in myself. And I'm, I, believe it 100% that that is one of the reasons why I've been able to activate more and more gifts is just by putting myself in situations where I'm forced to like, like the first time I ever channeled someone's inner child, you know, I just decided, you know what, I'm going to just do this now for you. And I didn't know how it was going to turn out. I just had to start doing it and believing in myself. And as I did, things just start, start streaming through. So for all of you in the audience, I know this is a major um, question and topic that comes up is you just have to start acting as if so you could start turning on that gene expression. Now, I really wanna get into a light language transmission, but before we do, let's talk about your Oracle deck because it's beautiful, it's stunning, and it's super activating. Um, for those of you who haven't seen it yet, I'm just gonna show it on the screen, the Light Code Luminary Oracle. It's gorgeous, it's um, 58 cards? 50. 50, 50 cards, and I use it in my last all signs. So how did how did this all come up? How was creating this this uh, deck for you guys? Yeah. So the you know light language had been had been coming through. Had been coming through obviously verbally through through hands through movement through through writing as it as it will. And my in my morning practice it was it's really very much devoted to light language at this point. And that's just the energy that wants to come through. And so whatever, whatever way that that wants to express. And so a lot of times it will be, I'm, you know, working with just pages and pages of, of light codes coming through. And it just so happened one day that John had left out a stack of index cards. And I just like, you know, in that state early in the morning, and I'm literally just, it was like light code, light code, light code on each, on each card with written messages. And then the next thing I 
we knew there's, it's like this whole stack. I used it up and it was just filled and I showed it to John and I was like, pick a card. And lit and literally that was kind of just the beginning. And then the next thing I knew, John's like figuring out how to put, trying to upload things onto the computer. And from there, it just was, you know, one step after the other, they just wanted to be created, you know? And then when, um, you know, that basically evolved and as John was putting things together online, this, this whole new, because again, like the light codes are, are coming from primarily, you know, through our higher self, but the galactic angelic and elemental realms. And this whole, it was just like this whole family came in and it was like, it was very clear that it was for the purpose of an Oracle deck that was clear to us both. And through me doing the, the, you know, the channeled expression and John with his talent, um, you know, putting things together graphically, we, you know, we were able to combine that into a full deck. And then we basically took the cards and each sat with them individually. So both John and I sat with each of the 50 cards separately, channeled, you know, pages of what we got for each card and then compared our notes. And that was eventually what became the guidebook. So even though, you know, the guidebook is there with, you know, these channel transmissions and guidance, um, really our invitation for everyone is to connect with the energy of the cards first, to have your own experiences, especially for those that are wanting their, or desiring their gifts to come more online, connect to the energy. What does it, what is it expressing through you and just being an, an observance of that and then the guidebook is there to perhaps put some pieces together. And again, you know, with the importance of that we feel with the integration, that merging of the non-physical with the physical, uh, with each of the, the cards following the description is a prompt or an invitation for integration. So how can you apply this energy if you haven't already intuitively got a download as to how to do that? There is a very clear way as to how you can bring the the multi-layered energy of that light put into your life in a very, um, in a very like practical and easy, but powerful way. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful deck. I am so glad that you both created it, that you were both called together to create such a beautiful, um, uh, well, it's, it's artwork for sure, but it's, it's, it's powerful. I've used it in several of my readings uh, already with uh, my clients one on one. And I really am enjoying some of the messages that are coming through because I always try to tune into the cards before I go to the book. And uh, it's really cool to kind of see what's kind of coming through the, the just the, the light language artwork and how it's um, displayed is just it's fantastic. And I love the co the color scheme that you guys um, chose for it and worked with. So yeah, it was really guided the whole way. And when Kama really did, there was a whole there was a few of the main art pieces that came through with me, but the majority of the language um, was through Kama. And then once I had it, my guidance was very specific in about the geometry to use, the color schemes to use, the and like it was. And it was a really interesting experience, Nicole, because again, there was no like, well, you do it this way. Like if you're doing a tarot deck, you've got the four suits, you've got 500 years of, of you know, story behind that and structure. This is very different. So there really were no guideposts other than does that, does that feel good to me? Does that feel like it's aligned and that's correct? And 
And even if it was off a little bit, I mean, we went through many, many iterations until it really felt like, okay, this is good. And I do think the beautiful thing was, you know, the thing that actually took us the longest time was the guidebook because we had came as the, you know, the divine feminine, divine masculine. We had like more linear, more emotional, more logical, like how that, and that was literally what took us the longest time. And what we eventually came to was, um, these are frameworks because mm-hmm. the whole point of empowerment for people now, the whole part of embodiment for people now, the whole part of, of opening to the larger aspect of who you are, the internal, vast, powerful soul that you are, is about you anchoring that power, you anchoring that knowing. And these are tools that you can use to facilitate that process. But um, I'm confident that whatever somebody is supposed to receive with that and that activation this is a perfect portal, a tool to to facilitate that process. Well, I'm excited. I, everyone who's in the audience right now, the links are in the description below the video. And for those of you listening later on the podcast, uh, the links are in the in the show notes uh, to purchase a deck if you're so inclined. I highly suggest you do. Uh, and also, uh, if you'd like to connect with Kamar John, those links are in the description as well. Now, before we end the show... Kema, will you please take us through a light language transmission? Oh, it would be my honor. It would be my honor. So what I do recommend for everyone, whether you've experienced light language before or not, is I'll just take you into a really just simple guided relaxation here because I'm in the light. Um, and, and really, you don't need to do a thing. It's just being in that space of, you know, heart-centered receptivity. But what you can do is just gently observe through your inner subtle senses. What are, what do I feel? Are there sensations moving through? Do I actually feel energy moving through? Are emotions kind of coming up? Nothing that you need to attach to or figure out, but just to get curious on that inner subtle landscape as this too is is the way that you can build those subtle energetic muscles to be able to interface with, with light language or really any form of, of subtle body communication. So feelings, anything that occurs behind closed eyes, like lights, colors, images, things of that nature, you might hear messages, you might hear words, you might hear sounds, you might have feel of pressures or ringing, um, or you might just have an overall sense of wow, this is, this is coming through as like a deep, um, you know, heartfelt remembrance, or this is speaking to my soul, or I just know something profound is occurring. So regardless of what your observance of it is, um, it does not equate to the, the way that it is powerfully influencing your subtle energetic body. Um, but just know that, that things may activate for you in the experience. So if they're not already, you can go ahead and close your eyes and allow the natural rhythm of your breath to bring you into your body, into this moment, the peace of the here and now. Feeling the support of Mother Earth beneath you, the support of your higher self and your higher dimensional support team fully surrounding you and that beautiful frequency of support that moves through you so that your whole self knows that it is safe, safely held, safely supported 
in the highest frequency of love. And so you can just give your whole self, body, mind, emotions, spirit, the full permission to relax and to receive. Shantakra and so I just invite everyone to ooh, take a few deep breaths. And I invite you to just very gently place your hands on your body, one to belly, one to heart. And tuning in to that subtle yet profound frequency that is now moving through you fully activated. You can even feel the energy of your own, own beingness, just so fully alive within you, radiating from you and is forever within you. Affirm that you are fully back, present in your body, in the here and now. And when you feel called, you can go ahead. Oh, open your eyes to return. Highly recommend some water. And if you did have an experience, of course, you can reach out to me anytime. Or of course, Nicole has so many resources and you know being sure again to not only drink water but take time to to journal about your experience and just be in observance of what comes up for you for the remainder of your day and and over the next few days as likely that which comes up will be a reflection or um and another aspect of of what was activated this evening that was beautiful thank you very much you're so welcome yeah guys how did you like that in the audience how, how did you, and Christina, Christina Love. She's got beautiful light language. Oh my gosh, she's got the voice of an angel. Um, I haven't seen you in the in the live chat forever, girl. We miss you. Um, thank you so much. So, Kayman John, please 
let the audience know where they can find you. Of course, the details are below, but I'd love to let you know where the audience can find you. And if you've got anything, any classes or events happening, you please um, use this opportunity. Yeah, so the, the website is uh, lightcodeluminary.com and our Instagram is at lightcodeluminary. So those are the two main, the two main spots for that. Um, I have a personal uh, uh, web address, uh, johncraig.com and Kamala's. Yeah, and I and I am uh, at the Kamali Temple, which there I you know that's my my Instagram platform where I I often share you know short activations and that's really my portal for for the healing work for you know those that do want to experience a one on one light language activation session that includes not only light language but multi dimensional channeling that is going to be of the the service of you know really of your highest good. And all of that can be done through the kamalitemple.com, which is T-H-E-K-A-M-A-L-I-T-E-M-P-L-E.com. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for joining uh, the show. I'm glad we finally got you on the podcast. Well, thank you got so much. This has been so much fun. <laughs> we just we just love everything that you're doing and feel honored to be a part of your space and your community. Oh, thank you for being here. It's always a pleasure to share space with uh, two wonderful souls on a journey that are helping to open up everyone else's hearts and awaken them to their own journey and purpose and giving them the confidence to step forward into it. So thank you very much. And to the audience, thank you so much for being here tonight. I love you guys so much. Have a wonderful week and I will be back with you guys next time. Thanks again for joining me for another show on the Enlighten Up podcast. I love you guys so much for all of your continued support. So remember to raise your vibe, find your tribe and be open to the infinite possibilities held in the mysteries that surround us all. Thanks again for sharing the show with your family and friends. And if you're new to the show and you need to find out more information about me, please head on over to my website, NicoleFrolic.com, where you can join my newsletter. And please follow me on Instagram, Telegram, and YouTube. Keep your light bright and I'll see you next week.